0: Welcome to the Mindset Monday podcast, your favorite mindset podcast of the week. Let's unlock the unlimited potential of your mind on today's 6th episode of Season 1. Invincibility lies in the defense. The possibility of victory in the attack. Sun Tzu. In the past episodes, we have looked at some of the psychoanalytic aspects of our mind, including Freud's topographical iceberg model with the three levels of consciousness and Freud's personality theory with the structures of the it, ego and superego. When we look at both of these topics, we see that conflict and anxiety are a major part of both of these. There's conflict within the unconscious level, specifically coming from one's shadow, and there is an ever ongoing conflict between the it, the ego, and the superego personality structures. Let's do a quick refresh here. According to Sigmund Freud's model of personality, The mind has three dueling forces, the it, the superego, and the ego. Anxiety emerges when the ego cannot deal with the conflicting demands of our desires coming from the it, the constraints of reality, and our own moral standards coming from the superego. Anxiety is an unpleasant inner state that people seek to avoid. It acts as a signal to the ego that things are not going the way they should. Now, not all types of anxiety are created equal, nor do these anxieties come from the same sources. Sigmund Freud identified three main types of anxiety. The first type is reality anxiety. This is the fear of real-world dangerous events and environmental dangers. Simply said, there are things in the world that can harm or kill us, and these necessarily create this reality anxiety. The cause of this anxiety is usually easily identified. For example, a person might fear a dog bite when they are very near or close to a menacing dog. The most common way of reducing this reality anxiety is to completely avoid the threatening object altogether. Now, the second type of anxiety is neurotic anxiety, which is the unconscious fear to lose control and balance between the it, the ego, and the superego. It is specifically fearing losing control of the animal drives and urges of the it, resulting in punishment for inappropriate behavior. And then the last type of anxiety is what we call moral anxiety, which is the fear of having past or future behavior that violates our own moral principles. This could be both something we've done in the past that's considered immoral and causes us anxiety in the present, but it can also be something immoral we might fear that we're going to do in the future. Now these three types of anxiety are all around us and are in Freud's opinion simply inevitable. It is something that we all experience and why we have developed ways of dealing with this anxiety. To relieve the tension of anxiety, Freud believed the ego deploys strategies of self-deception also called defense mechanisms, to reduce and shield the ego from the discomfort created by these feelings of anxiety. The unacceptable thought or emotion may be denied, for example, or rationalized or projected onto someone else. Although we may also use conscious coping mechanisms to manage anxiety, Freudian theory states that these defense mechanisms work mainly unconsciously, distorting reality to better enable us to cope with the situation. On today's and the next podcast episode, we will talk about these Freudian defense mechanisms. We will take a look at how these mechanisms work and discover ways to deal with them. Sigmund Freud, who is known as the father of psychoanalysis, discovered a number of ego defenses, also called defense mechanisms, in his psychoanalytic theory during the 19th century. In the first definitive book on defense mechanisms, called The Ego and the Mechanisms of Defense, released in 1936 by his daughter Anna Freud, Anna Freud developed and clearly defined these initial 10 defense mechanisms that appear in the works of her father, and continued to analyze and even elaborate these 10 different defense mechanisms. She even created and expanded her father's theory with 10 new major defense mechanisms of her own in the 20th century. The number of defense mechanisms has since been even more increased by later psychoanalysts and modern psychologists. According to Sigmund Freud, defense mechanisms are psychological strategies that are unconsciously used to protect the conscious mind, which is ourselves, from anxiety-producing thoughts and feelings related to internal conflicts and outer stressors. Defense mechanisms act as a psychological shield against discomfort, feelings of anxiety, guilt, and threats to our self-esteem, caused by dealing with unacceptable thoughts and impulses or because our it and superego become too demanding. To decrease this conflict from contradictions between the animalistic it and the idealistic superego, Either its impulses are distorted into acceptable forms or these impulses are completely blocked with the goal of contributing to mental homeostasis or also called balance of the mind. Anna Freud, however, defined defense mechanisms as unconscious resources used by the ego to decrease internal stress. She considered defense mechanisms as intellectual and motor automatisms of various degrees of complexity that arose in the process of involuntary and voluntary learning. Anna Freud also introduced the concept of signal anxiety, which means that she thought anxiety was not directly a conflicted instinctual tension, but rather a signal occurring in the ego of an anticipated instinctual tension. The signaling function of anxiety was thus seen as crucial and biologically adapted to warn the organism of danger or a threat to its equilibrium. The anxiety is felt as an increase in bodily or mental tension and the signal that the organism receives in this way allows for the possibility of taking defensive action regarding the perceived danger. Now, defense mechanisms aren't inherently bad or unhealthy. They can be both good and bad, but are by default natural and there to defend us. We all use them since they help us to navigate painful experiences or channel energy more productively. Life is full of unexpected and challenging situations, and defense mechanisms can allow us to function normally and healthy by alleviating discomfort, temporarily easing stress, and protecting our self-esteem and ego from anxiety or social sanctions during critical times. They often do this by providing a healthy outlet or a refuge from a situation with which one cannot currently cope allowing the person to focus on what is necessary at the moment. Defense mechanisms can become problematic, however, when they get out of proportion due to either being applied too frequently or for too long. Persistent use could lead to maladaptive behavior affecting the physical or mental health by developing neuroses such as anxiety states, phobias, obsessions, or hysteria. Defense mechanisms can reflect both isolated incidents or consistent patterns of behavior, and they can be both adaptive or maladaptive. Adaptive mechanisms make things both easier in the moment and also easier in the long run, whereas maladaptive mechanisms make things easier in the moment but only make things harder in the long run. Maladaptive strategies turn away from problems where adaptive strategies, face them and deal with them. Altruism, humor, sublimation and suppression are four examples of mature defense mechanisms that signal higher adaptiveness. We will take a look at these defense mechanisms in part two on the next podcast episode. More of the commonly discussed defense mechanisms, such as denial and projection, both of which will be covered on today's episode, are often maladaptive since they hold you back from facing reality and can act as a form of self-deception. As we progress from childhood to adolescence and into adulthood, defense mechanisms can persist from one phase to the next, regress to earlier phases in response to stressors, or can even evolve over time. Defense mechanisms might emerge more severely and consistently in some people due to insecurities originated in the childhood. Children may not know how to overcome certain challenges, which can lead them to question themselves and enact defenses against those challenges. Adults, of course, have the ability to address these challenges, but old defense mechanisms might occasionally still reappear To alleviate the stress, there are a lot of different defense mechanisms, with both Freud's creating 20 Freudian defense mechanisms in total, of which the main five mechanisms are repression, regression, projection, reaction formation, and sublimation. Some defense mechanisms have become so well known that they are a common part of everyday language now. For example, you might describe someone as being in denial of a problem they face. Or when someone falls back into old ways of doing things, you might label them as regressing into an earlier point of development. No matter which type, all defense mechanisms or responses to anxiety and how the conscious and unconscious manage any stress produced by uncomfortable social situations, threatening people or a stressful reality. We will talk about all the above mentioned defense mechanisms and many more, but this is by no means a complete or a comprehensive list. The influential psychiatrist, Georges Aymant Vaillon introduced a four-level classification of the defense mechanisms, and he organized them in different categories on a scale of immature to mature defining them as unconscious homeostatic mechanisms that reduce the disorganizing effects of sudden stress. The hierarchy was seen to correlate well with the capacity to adapt to life. Level one is the pathological defenses. Level two is the immature defenses. Level three is the neurotic defenses and level four is the mature defenses. Let's take a closer look at every single category and the different types of defense mechanisms they contain. The level one category is the pathological defense mechanisms. And these defense mechanisms are taught to distort reality so that a person can deal with a situation. When predominant, the mechanisms on this level are almost always severely pathological. Combined, these defenses enable a person to effectively rearrange external experiences, eliminating the need to cope or deal with reality. Pathological users of these mechanisms frequently appear irrational or even insane to other people. Now, while there are several pathological defense mechanisms, the most important one is denial. Denial is across all defense mechanisms one of the best known ones and takes place on a completely unconscious level. This defense mechanism involves an outright refusal to accept or acknowledge the unpleasant aspects of external reality, real facts or experiences, and because they are too threatening, blocking them from awareness to avoid the anxiety they could provoke. Denial functions to protect the ego from things that a person cannot cope with and is often used to describe situations in which people are unable to face the reality or admit an obvious truth. This is where the saying they are in denial comes from. They argue against an anxiety provoking stimulus by pretending it does not exist, denying it happened or saying it simply isn't true. In other cases, denial might involve admitting that something is true and accepting the reality and seriousness of the fact but minimizing its importance, denying their responsibility and instead blaming other people or outside forces. Although using denial may temporarily shield you by reducing anxiety or pain and by achieving a resolution of emotional conflict, It is a primitive and dangerous defense that requires a substantial investment of energy. No one disregards reality and gets away with it for long. Because of this, other more subtle defense mechanisms are often used in combination with denial. Many people use denial in everyday life to avoid painful feelings or uncomfortable areas of life. In many cases, there is overwhelming evidence that something is true, yet the person will continue to deny its existence. For example, a husband may refuse to recognize and overlook obvious signs of his wife's infidelity. To anybody else, it would seem abundantly clear that an affair is going on, but he simply doesn't even notice because he is in denial. Another example of a pathological defense mechanism is delusional projection. With delusional projection, it creates delusions about external reality, usually of a persecutory nature, believing that a person or group wants to hurt them. Persecutory delusions are a form of paranoia. And then the last example of a pathological defense mechanism I want to shortly mention is distortion, where a cross reshaping of external reality is done to meet internal needs. Now, moving one step up and one level up from the pathological defense mechanisms, we have the level two category called immature defense mechanisms. Although these are often present in adults, they are generally seen as socially undesirable and problematic when overused, since they are immature, difficult to deal with, and seriously out of touch with reality. Excessive use of these defense mechanisms almost always leads to serious problems in a person's ability to cope effectively. And hence, these defenses are often seen in major depression and personality disorders. One of the key defense mechanisms within the immature defense mechanism category is called projection. Projection is a psychological defense mechanism in which an individual attributes or projects their own hidden, unacceptable, unconscious thoughts, feelings, fears, anxieties, desires, or motives onto another person. Projection is often also called outward displacement, since it's the complete opposite of the displacement defense mechanism, where we turn against the self, whereas with projection, we turn against others. Projection reduces anxiety by allowing the expression of the undesirable thoughts feelings, impulses, or desires in a way that the ego cannot recognize or consciously be aware of them since they are no longer yours but perceived as being possessed by the other person and therefore reducing anxiety. For instance, when a bully constantly ridicules a peer about insecurities, the bully might be projecting his own struggle with self-esteem onto the other person. The same can happen with feelings of jealousy or hatred, among many others. Due to projection, something called projective identification can occur. In projective identification, once something is projected onto an individual, a person can start to demonstrate those exact thoughts or feelings that have been projected onto them. Now Another important immature defense mechanism is passive aggression. Passive aggression is when someone expresses their aggression by failing to do something or by doing something very slowly. It's an indirect or passive way of expressing anger. For example, instead of telling someone you are upset, you might give them the silent treatment. The next immature defense mechanism is called acting out, which is coping with stress by directly expressing an unconscious wish or impulse in the form of actions, instead of consciously acknowledging the emotion that drives the expressive behavior. For example, instead of telling someone that you are angry, you might yell or throw something against the wall. The immature defense mechanism called hypochondriasis results in having an excessive worry about having a serious illness. Another immature defense mechanism is called schizoid fantasy, which is the tendency to avoid reality by retreating into a fantasy-like safe inner world in your mind in order to avoid stress and resolve inner and outer conflicts. And then the last immature defense mechanism we will discuss is called splitting. Using this primitive defense mechanism, the individual splits and separates both harmful and helpful impulses into all good and all bad categories, with no room for ambiguity. When splitting is combined with the projecting defense mechanism, The undesirable aspects are then attributed to another person. So far, we covered both level 1 and level 2 of the four different defense mechanism categories, and we will learn about the last two levels on the next podcast episode. Both the pathological defense mechanisms and the immature defense mechanisms that were covered today are considered to be more unhealthy, and often maladaptive since, as previously mentioned, they hold you back from facing reality and can often act as a form of self-deception. These defense mechanisms can be both internalized or externalized, resulting in corresponding behavior problems. Now, to avoid problems due to overusing your defense mechanisms, here are a few tips to cope in a healthy way with these potentially unhealthy defense mechanisms. Tip one, develop a greater sense of self-awareness. Self-awareness helps you to recognize and identify when you are using one or more defense mechanisms too often. After you take the step, you know exactly where you need to make changes. Tip two, learn effective, conscious coping skills. If you have an unhealthy defense mechanism, learning new coping skills can help you better deal with uncomfortable emotions. Coping skills include meditation, establishing healthy boundaries, and asking for support. Tip 3 Seek mental health therapy when needed. Psychoanalytic therapy can help you uncover your unconscious defense mechanisms and find better, healthier ways of coping with anxiety and distress. And then the last tip for today, tip four, is that by learning more about your own unconscious processes, which is exactly what we are doing here with this podcast, you already automatically improve your self-awareness and you gain a new understanding of your own behaviors, which can in turn help you heal any mental health disorders or can simply help you grow into your fullest potential. In our next podcast episode, we will continue to learn about defense mechanisms and discover the more adaptive and healthy neurotic and mature defense mechanism categories on level 3 and level 4. So make sure to be... That was the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and got some amazing value. To get notified about new episodes every single Monday, make sure you subscribe to the Mindset Monday podcast. Your favorite mindset podcast, now available on Spotify or wherever you're currently listening. Thanks for listening and see you on the next podcast episode. Let's bring the subconscious into the conscious and unlock your unlimited potential.